Morning, everyone. Uh, just before we listen to the third song on our Christmas playlist, uh, I want to say something about 40 days. C- could everyone grab hold of one of these? They, they should be on your pews beside, or pews, on your seats, uh, or beside your seat. Please do make sure you take this with you today. But from the 1st of January until the 9th of February 2017, we are inviting everyone to join together and pray. Two years ago, we did this, and many of you will know what happened as a, as a result. But as we journey on and as we think about the way ahead and our move to the majestic, we want to keep praying and we want to keep looking to God. And so for 40 days, and obviously prayer goes on beyond the 9th of February, but for the first 40 days of 2017, we want to unite in seeking these things, or back one there, in seeking God's presence, his passion, and his provision. And and so like the children of of Israel under Moses' leadership, we don't want to move forward unless we know that God is with us, that God's presence is going with us. And we also want to sense what is God's heart for people and for this community. We want something of God's passion. And we also recognize the need for resources to enable our hopes and our plans to become reality. And so we're seeking God for his provision. There are many different ways to engage and to get involved. So for example, there's gonna be three corporate prayer gatherings over the 40 days. One's gonna happen in Windsor. One's gonna happen here at Fane Street. One's going to happen in the majestic building, and the dates of those three prayer gatherings are in that leaflet. There's going to be three prayer walks, and we invite you to come and join us in walking around this community and praying. The dates of those are in that leaflet. You can also sign up to pray for a block of time, because it's our hope that during the 40 days, or the daylight hours of the 40 days, there will always be someone from Windsor praying, so you can go online and click and pray, and say, I will pray for those three hours. Not saying you spend all three hours in prayer that day that you click on, but that you say, I'm going to commit myself to considering and remembering Windsor in this community for those three hours during this 40-day period. So the details of that are in there. But another dimension to this is that this time around, we want to consider the importance and place of Scripture, of God's Word. And and so what we have produced, and it's in that leaflet, we've produced a 40-day Bible reading plan that will take you right through the big story of the entire Bible. You're not going to read every chapter and verse of the Bible in 40 days, but you're going to read 40 key ones, or at least we're inviting you to do that. And so, for example, you will see that on January the 1st, on Sunday, January the 1st, we'll read Genesis 1 and 2, and then so on. And so please, can I encourage you, don't, don't leave us behind this morning, take this with you. Thanks again to Mark, just his creative genius is amazing. But thank you to Mark for producing this. Uh, please take this with you. Please do commit yourself to prayer for 40 days. Commit yourself to gathering for prayer for 40 days. Commit yourself to walking and praying for 40 days. Commit yourself to reading God's word for 40 days days as we seek his presence, his passion, 
and his provision. We will launch this officially on uh, New Year's Day, but please do take one of those with you this morning. Okay, if you have a Bible, could I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2? I know our screen this morning is a, a little, uh, is it still a little green? It's very festive looking. There's just been a bit of a malfunction. The guys have been working really hard trying to sort it, but don't, don't worry so much about that. But if you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 2. A couple of weeks ago, we listened to Mary's song, the Magnificat. Last Sunday, we listened to Zechariah's song as he sang Benedictus. Next Sunday morning on Christmas Day, we're going to listen to the angel song, Gloria. But today, it's Simeon's song, or Nunc Dimittis, uh, which is Latin and comes from the opening words of the track. Now, I do realize that, that we're jumping ahead, and some of you might be a bit confused by that, because this song was actually sung something like 40 days after Jesus was born. But it still deserves to be on our playlist because it brings us to the very heart of the Christmas story. It brings us to the very core of what it's all about. But before we hear the lyrics, let's meet the singer. Here's how he's introduced to us. Here's how he's introduced onto the stage. It's Luke 2, 25. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. And so alongside his name, the, the first two things that you discover about him is that he's righteous. In other words, he's right with God. Here is someone who's a true believer. Here is someone who honored God with their life, their words, their actions. The second thing we hear about him is he's, he's devout. In other words, here's a man who worshipped God. Here's a man who feared God in the right sense of that word. Back in chapter 1, Zechariah he was introduced to us with two words as well. I don't know if you know what the two words were that introduced Zechariah. We didn't point this out last week, but the two words that announced or introduced Zechariah were he was righteous and he was blameless. So here's the question for this morning at this stage. What two words could be written over your life? What two words might be used to introduce you this morning? Two words that describe who you are. Think about that for a moment. Here's the rest of Simeon's introduction, because we hear about two other things. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. Simeon knew God's word. He was aware of the, the promises regarding the coming Messiah. And therefore it says, here is a man who is waiting for that day whenever God's going to come near, come close by, and comfort, console his people. 
Simeon was a man who lived in anticipation of God's promises. It's a great way to live. In anticipation that God's promises are going to come true. And the fourth thing we're told is the Holy Spirit was on him. The third person of the Trinity deeply influenced and controlled this man. And as we continue reading, we, we, hear, we see what the Holy Spirit was actually doing in Simeon's life. But again, let me just pause for a second, because in the space of just one verse, we discover that this singer was righteous, devout, expectant, and spirit-led. And those are impressive words to describe anyone. Challenging words. And for every Christian here this morning, they, they should be words that could be used to describe us. I mean, why not? We are righteous because of Jesus. We worship God. It's, it's why we're here. We're expectant as we step into another 40 days of prayer. We're spirit-led, spirit-controlled, spirit-influenced. Now, what the Holy Spirit had been doing for Simeon was to reveal to him, Simeon, you're not going to die until you've seen the Lord's Messiah. And time's ticking away, and we, we don't know how old Simeon was. Most pictures of Simeon, and even the one I'm using this morning, depict him as, a, as an old man. We, we don't actually know that. Likelihood is he was old because of the way he speaks, but we don't know exactly how old he is. But time's ticking away, and, and Simeon was probably thinking to himself, I know, Spirit, you've said to me that, that I will not die until I've seen the Lord's Messiah, but, but, but when, when? And then comes this particular day, and, and Simeon has been prompted, it says, in Luke chapter 2, led by the Holy Spirit to go on this particular day to the temple courts. I'm not sure how often he went there, but certainly on this particular day, God's word tells us that the Spirit prompted him to go there. So he goes. And he meets this young couple. They've walked about 60 miles to be there. And they've got a wee baby in their arms. And whenever Simeon sees this baby, and the reason this couple have brought this baby here is this was just part of the custom. This is what Jewish parents did when their little children, particularly boys, got about 40 days old. They brought them to the temple. And whenever Simeon sees this little baby, he takes hold of him in his arms. He starts to sing. And he starts to praise God. And so let's stand together and let's hear the lyrics. They'll be on the screen. Don't know how well you can read them. He took him, the little baby, up in his arms. And Simeon blessed God and he said or he sang, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. It's a short song. 
And his father, it says, and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. Grab a seat. Because the question I want to ask this morning says, what exactly did Simeon see? Because whatever it was or whoever it was, it meant that he's ready to die. In fact, he actually starts this song by saying to the sovereign Lord, in other words, the in-control God, he says to the in-control God, okay, you can take me now. And so what this song becomes is effectively a farewell song. But, but what did he say? Sure, surely this is just a 40-day-old baby boy. Probably if you'd looked around the temple courts, there'd have been lots of them. Lots of parents had brought their children on this particular day as well. But Simeon seems to have seen something different. He seems to have seen two things. Two things about this boy that meant he could now die a happy man. And it's these two things about Jesus that help explain Christmas. It's why singing at Christmas is so important. It's these two things that Simeon sees and sings about that clarifies the true meaning of Christmas. This is what it's all about. This is who it's all about. And the first thing that Simeon sees and sings about is God's salvation. Whoops. Try it. Oh, there it is. For my eyes, says Simeon, have seen your salvation. The, the angel Gabriel had told Joseph, Joseph, you've got to name this little baby Jesus. Do you know why? You've got to name him Jesus because he is going to save his people from their sins. And as Simeon stands in that temple court that day, holding this little 40-year-old, 40-day-old baby boy, he sees that. He sees salvation. He sees rescue. He sees freedom as God has planned it, wrapped up in this Christmas child. And there's a sense of mystery here. How did he see that? But for us who know the trajectory of this baby's life, who know from God's word who he grew up to be, what he grew up to say, what he grew up to do, who know from God's word what happened to him when he was 33 years old, how he was crucified, why? To take away the sins of the world. As we heard last week, Zechariah's little boy, John, was one day going to point at Jesus and say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Somehow, Simeon sees that at this moment. And we know from God's word that that little baby boy who grows up to be a 33-year-old who lays down his life for the sins of the world doesn't remain dead, but is, rises again to new life. And we also know from God's word that those who believe in this Jesus, 
will not perish, but will have everlasting life. And so as Simeon holds this little baby, he somehow sees this. And so he sings. And he sings his heart out in praise because Christmas is about the coming, not just of a little baby, not just God as one of us, but it's the coming of God's salvation. And so I don't know if we're singing Silent Night later, but there's a line in that that says, Christ, the Savior, is born. Second thing that Simeon sees and sings about, and it ties in with what Brian's been leading us through, is Simeon sees a light. Verse 32. He's a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to the people Israel. I said earlier that that, that Simeon knew God's word. He knew all about the prophecies and promises regarding the coming Messiah. And one of the key prophetic voices that I've no doubt that Simeon was aware of was Isaiah's voice. And this is what Isaiah predicted on one occasion concerning the coming Messiah. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. And as so as Simeon cradles this little baby in his arms, he sees light. He sees the one who would grow up and say exactly those words that Brian said this morning. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. And Simeon sees that. He sees how this baby's life is going to puncture and pierce the darkness in people's hearts and lives. He sees how Jesus will open people's eyes to help them to see. He sees in the words of John that this is the Jesus in whom people will find life. And that life will be the light of all men. And how how does Simeon believe, as he holds this little baby, how does Simeon believe Jesus is going to do that? Well, he says, by revelation. By revelation. Jesus is a light for revelation. In other words, Jesus reveals God. Jesus discloses the way to God. Jesus points out, helps people get to God. And and notice, and this is an important lyric, that that Jesus is a light for revelation to the Gentiles. That would have been a pretty controversial lyric to sing at that time. Jesus hasn't just been born to save your people, Israel. He's come for everyone. No one's excluded. Not then, not now. God so loved the world, the whole world that he gave Jesus, and it's whoever believes in him, not just people from specific backgrounds or cultural context, whoever. Simeon could see in this little baby in his arms that here is a light for everybody. Now he does see, as it says, he sees the glory of your people, Israel. This child has come for the people of God, the Israelites, the one that they have been waiting for and longing for and hoping for for years. He's here. He's come for them. They are still God's special people. Simeon is not contesting that, but any hint or idea that they alone 
would know or experience God's salvation and God's redemption and God's rescue. Well, Simeon was contesting that. See, Jesus is the light of the world. God so loved the world. He's a light for revelation to the Gentiles. As John Buchanan says, even at the very beginning of the story, Jesus is shattering tradition by bringing outsiders inside. Before this story is over, that's the story of Jesus. Jesus will shatter boundaries of race and class and gender and the marginalized and the poor and the prostitutes and the lepers and the Roman centurions. They'll all be welcome round his table. They still are. They still are. And it's Simeon who sees this and sings. And the song finishes. And immediately the song finishes, there's a reaction to it. And the reaction comes from the little baby's mom and sort of dad. Because God's word says, they're amazed. They're amazed at the lyrics that this older man, potentially older man, has sung about their little boy. They marvel. Their heads are spinning. And so like they and others in the temple court that day, they may have just seen a baby, but what they discover as they listen to this song is this is God's salvation. This is a light. And this Christmas, we're going to see many images like this. Images of little babies in a manger. And the question I leave us with this morning is, is that all we see? Or do we see more? Do we see more? Are we going to be amazed? Are we going to marvel at who Jesus really is, at who this baby really is? And as Simeon turns round to this stunned and kind of confused mom and dad, he blesses them. And then he says some disturbing things. He says, see this child? This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall. And many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but, but many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. See, not everyone's going to take kindly to Jesus. He's, he's going to cause a bit of a crisis. People are going to be divided in their reaction to this Jesus. Some are going to fall. Some are going to rise. He is salvation. He is light. But not everyone's going to believe it. Not everyone's going to accept it. And that became true then. And it's still true today. And so as we close this morning, what's your heart response to Jesus? What are your deepest thoughts about the Christ child? Because this child reveals our deepest thoughts.
What does your deepest thoughts reveal about your understanding of Jesus? We're going to close with the song, Joy, Unspeakable Joy, that rises in my soul. Does it? Does it rise from within you as you think about this salvation, this light that is for everyone? I invite you to stand with me and sing as we close.